Can you just talk, obviously you mentioned the lot of depth chart changes. Can you talk about what you did at defensive line there with uh, moving Kevin up and, and Jordan to tackle? Well, it's a little bit skewed in the fact that last week, you know, you know how we've been listing, we've been listing um, Tobin at end slash Sam. Well, last week he played a lot of Sam in the game. Okay, so what hap happens there is Kiba actually plays the end opposite of Josh when we do that. So there's, you know, that is based off of, you know, lining up just in a true nickel front. Where we when we're in that rotation that we've been in, so you know Jordan and Kiba are best suited in nickel to play three technique, and Kevin and John Williams are best suited to play one technique. But when we play end, you know when we want to get bigger, you know the guy that we move you know, we that we decided we'll move outside, we've been using Jordan and Kiba in both in both those capacities. So we wanted to settle Jordan down into one spot right there. So that's what that was all about. What's the most exciting thing about doing the Sims like Well, I think that the most exciting thing is he's seen those other two guys play, play pretty well. And he knows for him to get snaps, he's going to have to earn them. You know, a lot of times when a, you know, a player leaves and he figures, well, they need me. They need me. Well, he's st sitting in the stands those those games, watching those guys run the ball pretty well, and then he's starting to question, well, I wonder if they need me. I wonder if they need me. So, I think he's he's very hungry. That that excites me. Did he treat his time away as well as he could possibly treat? Well, I mean, it was a combination. For uh, he he worked hard, but um, the best part about it is, you know. We gave him enough reps early in practice so that he didn't, you know, forget what we do. But the rest of the time, we sent him to the show team. We made him go against the first defense the whole time. We might have the best show team in America, you know. I mean, we got that number nine over there as the quarterback, and we got McKay over there as one of the wide receivers, and Simmons has been a running back. I mean, sometimes I go look over there, I might want the show team, you know. I mean, but uh, – when any time you get to run and practice full speed against the defense, you're getting to practice things at the speed that the game is played at. You know, when you go against a show team, that's not the speed that the game is played at. It's because you're looking off the cards, it always slows down. You know, so I think that he's gotten some great opportunity to go ahead and refine his skills and get beat up a little bit in the process. That, that's two good things. Does that give you confidence, you know, working him in like that, that, that he won't have to shake off much rust? Well, I, I, I expect him ready to go. I really do. I don't, I don't expect there to be any rust. You haven't shown a lot of – and you've even talked about not only do running back to back committee, but with now three talented backs back there, are we going to see more of Tony on the outside as a wide receiver, or are we going to see more, more rotation in that back too? Well – you know, I think that you're going to have to wait and see how the game plays out, you know, because I'm not going to sit here and say exactly what I'm going to do in the game. You know, I mean, hey, Dave, you want to you want to get the game plan? Uh, I'm not going to quite do that, but I will tell you out of our backs, you know, which uh, that the most polished receiver out of the backs would be Tony. 
So it gives you opportunity to do some things that, uh, that he would just be better than the other guys at doing it. Fall camp that you weren't going to hesitate to put James back in there, but with the, how well your backs have played, is there a slight hesitation to break up what you have going? No. Well, I said, well, usually when I say something, I'm I'm usually a man of conviction, and I won't hesitate putting him in there. Really, like that was it that defensive. He was an offensive guard playing defensive tackle. That's that's correct. <laughs> yeah, he, that's what he is. I mean, I I think the fact that he's been able to move ahead of guys that have played that position on a regular basis says a lot about Randall Dent. I mean, I've been very pleased at Randall Dent's progress, and he just keeps getting better. I already knew he was a powerful guy because when we played him on defense, you know, the one thing he could do, he could knock everyone back. He just couldn't get off the block because he's an offensive guard. Okay, but as an offensive guard, that's what you're looking for. So I kept looking at him and I said, buddy, don't worry, he's going to be on offense. He's gonna, you know, buddy say he can't make a play. I said, don't worry, he's going to play an offensive guard anyway. I mean, so he's actually now settled in nicely. And actually, that right side of the line has settled in pretty nicely. And what we're going to do now with Riley being down is we're going to get in a, th a little bit of a three-man rotation and get Aslam more involved here. Uh, between the, the people who have position flexibility are Aslam and, and Gavin. But Randall's settled in at right guard, so that's what we're going to try to do now. Do you feel comfortable with on depth on the right side? Yeah, you got three to play two. Most people have two to play two. That's it. You know, you don't lose too many. You don't lose too many guys at that position. What do they do? Wallow around on the ground a little bit. You know, I mean, you don't get too many of them who really get hurt. They just get banged up. They usually don't get hurt. They get banged up and feel sorry for themselves. That's all. You've got. Andrew Trezilli. He's now he's got a start under his belt. He, he has a hundred yard game under his belt. I mean, do those things have you noticed those things, you know, not arrogantly, but maybe just confidence wise taking him making him realize that he can be more of a factor? Well we've actually been trying to push Andrew uh, into this position since the springtime. Because in the springtime, some of those things you saw in the game the other day we we've been seeing all along. It's just that you have to be willing to take an older guy's job. And sometimes people don't understand that. You have to be willing to not say, well, he's a senior. When he's gone, then, then, then it'll be mine. You have to be willing to go take it. Okay? And if you just are willing to sit back and let that matriculate, then you're not there. Well, you know, he started to challenge more and more. Instead of just settling in and being the number two guy, you know, he's competed to be the number one guy. And, you know, he, he, he's, a, he's potentially a very, a very good weapon. Is that progress a correlation of the, the more chances down the field you've taken, or is that just something you know would happen? Well, regardless? with him in there, is, is there more balls that will be thrown, thrown deeper? Absolutely, yeah. because you can find them. You know, that's one of the things that, hey, look, at, no matter how fast you are when you're a little guy, I mean, the quarterback is thrown to a spot, not a person. You know, when the bigger you are, the easier you are to see.
same sort of note. Um, you know, he jumped ahead of DJ there. DJ's obviously visibly struggled a little bit to, to get out, out of the gate. Do you have any idea why he's had a rough start? Well, DJ's got the same amount of reps, you know, you know, recently than he normally has. Maybe he took the more of the second reps last week rather than the first reps. But our receivers all get plenty of reps. You know, you, know, DJ, you just go by, look, at, you have to go by performance. You can't go by seniority. Yeah, you got to go by performance and who you think gives you your best chance right now. And right now, DJ's not out of the mix, just Terzelli's playing better. That's why he's playing. You weren't real happy with the kickoff return on Saturday. Getting no, I wasn't. That, away that, that is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry for interrupting you, Austin. Continue. Uh, getting Trey in there, is that maybe a way to get a little spark with that? I think that the one thing you better do is if you have other people that can do, do that job, see if somebody else can do it better. You know, I think that if you just settle in and just say he's the guy, and you aren't doing something about it, then as a coach, you're not doing your job. You know, part of our job is to find, find answers. And when things, you know, no matter what they are, when things aren't working too well, you know, you can scheme, you know, as part of the answer, and then you can change personnel as the other part of the answer. So we'll see how that works. Coach, uh, with the uh, road game losing streak, do you do anything special to address that or you just focus on, on the opponent and let that take care of itself, or how do, you, how do you deal with this? I will be using it, they will hear it several times this week. That'll be one of my main messages. Um, it'll be my vintage New Jersey sarcasm, okay? And you could take that for, for, what, for what it's worth, but the, the two things they're gonna hear about, you know, that, 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 is, that is certainly one of them. Talk a lot about Sims coming back, but what about Carnes? Yeah, well, I think that first of all, let's start with with Riley Jeffers. I think Riley Jeffers did above and beyond the call of duty. Here's a guy who had never snapped in a high school game. In a high school game, and this kid snaps for the first three games of the year, and our punt, you know, hey, not every snap was perfect, but I mean, our punting average has been been really, really good. You know, so um, we're not going to just hand the job to Carnes. I think Carnes is probably probably better than Riley, but he's going to have to show that in practice that he is, or else we'll keep snapping Riley. I think we'll gain more on the short snaps because, that, you know, I think that you know Trevor, when when you have when you're all taped up and everything to play the interior line and then have to short snap, it's not the same as when you know then all you have to do is go in there and and fire one back there, and I think that will probably gain gain as much or more in, in that position. You also talked about one of the, the downfalls of that happening was not being able to give Trevor that rest. How much I, don't, that I don't think the rest, I don't think it's the rest. I think it's more the, you know, you, you get all lathered up as an offensive lineman to play your interior offensive line. As a snapper, you want nothing on you. You want no sleeves, you want, you know, you want as little on you as possible, but all you want to do is be worried about throwing a ball back. And they're really, you know, there's a conflict of interest between those two, between those two things right there. Cody Shepard's the guy that's been <clears throat> made a pretty quick 
move up that depth chart? Is that more just to get some speed out there in the secondary? Which, which, which one? Ja'Cory Shepard. Yeah, well, Ja'Cory has been somebody who Campo's been tooting his horn now. First of all, he, he had a, we had to have a trade, you know, between the offense and the defense. We need to have a trade, and there were draft choices and everything that were involved. You know, and there were there were considerations for down the road on this one, for him to take him from offense to defense. But really, Jacory was you know competing at the time. He was at best our third slot at best, where Campo believed that he could play himself into the two deep. And to be honest with you, right now he's played himself into the two deep. So you know he's played himself into a backup corner. I think Jacory Shepard would be a fine slot receiver. So I don't think that it's without I don't think it's without skills on offense. I think that he sees himself having a greater opportunity to you know move up the ranks on defense and and he's got quick feet and work he can backpedal and he can t turn his hips and not every offensive player can play that position. Is it a, uh, a player to be named later who is the Yeah, there's player and there's other considerations as well, you know. I'd be very surprised if Kale didn't play. Um, watching him, watching him run on Sunday, he looked pretty normal uh, on Sunday. He didn't look, he didn't look nearly as normal like last Thursday. You know, Lubbock looked a little bit behind him, but uh, he's practicing today. And I told, uh, I told Clint and I told Dave that. Uh, when today's over, I want a uh, kind of state of the union on where we are with him, to see whether or not you know whether or not he's a frontliner, whether or not he's a backup, or whether or not he's going to be on a trip. You know, I I'm not really sure what status he is yet, but I know one thing: he, we don't have anyone. The only questionable, the only ones that are on the you know true questionable to doubtful list. You know. You know, Riley was the only guy that, you know, was kind of new. And I got another backup who's got, you know, who's got pneumonia. But uh, um, other than that, you know, we, we should be in pretty good shape. Oh, Randall physically looks like an offensive lineman and he has an explosive like defensive lineman. Are there personality differences sometimes between offense and defense or is it purely a physical thing? Actually, the defensive guys, Defensive coaches always said, well, you know, when they're not a good enough athlete, they go over and play offense. That's what defensive coaches say. But actually, the best offensive linemen are guys who play with a defensive mentality. If you think about all the really great offensive linemen that you, that you can think of, they're all nasty players. So I think that there's a lot of benefit from having flipped over from that mentality on defense over to offense. Is there more... Um I think I know the answer is, but more mentally as an offensive lineman, do you think more mental responsibilities and studying? And that's, that? that's a trick question, isn't it? Because <laughs> if I say that, I get all the defensive guys mad at me. Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that. I'm not taking that bait. Going back to Pearson, what do you like about the receiver? I haven't lined him up at receiver. You know, I've, I've shipped him out into the slot, and he's run corner routes that he's got got open and caught. I kind of like that. He's come out of the backfield, run a wheel route for about another 25 yards. I like that too. All right, so uh, 
I just think he's got good he's got good ball skills and good route running ability for for a running back. But make no bones about it, he is a running back. He's not a wide receiver. You know, you can start as far as Kale played this weekend. Um, and I know you said earlier you don't want to get into the details, but if Kale is in there, are we going to see less of Pearson running up as a running back and then shifting as a receiver? I could tell you, but then, we, then, hey, Dave, hold on. No, I'm not going to answer that one either. Okay. What, what do you, uh, are you yeah, <laughs> I'm having fun with this. <laughs> what you, what one and two, one and two, just lost two in a row. I'm having a great time. <laughs> what do you think of Dane's, you know, you talked last week about him being looser, not carrying the weight of his shoulder. You already talked about how he thought he played, but did, what about specific to that? I mean, did you think, did you see that from him? I think that it'll, it'll just get better and better each week, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought he was better this week than he was the first two weeks. And I think it'll be better this coming week than he's been, than he was last week. I think that, you know, how I'm talking about turning the corner, Matt. That's like one of the things, you know, that there's several things when you come in there. You have to make sure that you know, you don't get your priorities wrong. And to turn the corner, one of the things that had to take place is you had to get them battling for the whole game. Now that I've seen them do that my expectations would be for that to be the case every week. Because I've already seen evidence of them do it against a good team. So now we just gotta play better. Okay, and I think that that starts with Dane on offense, because other than the center, he's the only one who has the ball in his hands on every play. Other than the crowd being against you instead of for you, why is it so hard to win on the road for all teams? Um, I really never thought of it that you know about w winning on the road versus winning at home. Sometimes the crowd more against you when you're home, <laughs> but usually that's well so well deserved. You know, I mean, there's been times where it's actually easier playing on on, on the road, but I think I think that the other team has the environment of their whole stadium. You know, I know that you know they know the wind. They know the weather. They know, you know, I played in stadiums where the, you look at the flags at, you know, up top and the winds on the field are totally opposite. Or there's areas of the field where it looks like it's breezy, but there's no wind on the 30-yard line on the left hash. I mean, you get to know the nature of your own place. But other than that, I think that there are, sometimes there's even advantages of playing on the road. Because when you go there, as long as you handle it as a business trip, you have very few distractions. When you're, when you're home, and I'm not saying it as a negative, having your family and friends in is a bad thing. That's a great thing. But, you know, you're worrying about tickets. You know, you're worrying about, you know, you're worrying about where dinner's going to be after the game. You know, you know there's, there's a lot of other factors. In our case, we're worrying about recruiting weekends, which kids we have in, which are unofficial, which are official. I mean, there's, you know, what do you, do you, uh, you have to do a recruiting dinner Saturday night? I mean, you, those, all those things tie in there. So for you, you as a coach, when you're going on the road, you go to a, you go to a hotel, you have your meetings, okay, go watch a little TV, go to bed, get up, have meetings in the day, hop on a bus, go to the game, and let's go. So if you really think about it, there's just a lot less distractions when you're going on road game. The biggest thing you have is the bus trip from the hotel to the game.
I know you weren't here, but so those squeaks don't make sense either. No, I think that usually, usually good football teams win at home. And usually bad football teams lose on the road. So we've been one of them. So that's one of the things that, you know, there's several steps that we have to take this year. One of them is win a game on the road. Let's get that one behind us too. This would be a good time to do that. Along the same lines, can you use last year's Northern Illinois game at all the film? And do you show the players that game? Can, can you gain anything? Yeah, we'll that? show them that game. You know, we've also read that you know we didn't win the game; they they lost the game. You know, so you, know, you use that a little bit. You know, obviously it wasn't because you played good; it's because they played bad. You know, and it wasn't because you made plays at the end of the game. You know, it was because they they, they didn't play well at the end of the game. So you, know, you use that, you know, you use that tool. But you know, you you watch things. I mean, the same defensive coordinators; they didn't change. I mean, the same those same guys run the defense they ran it last year. Same head coach. I mean, so you know, I think that uh, you know it's really not going to be that that much of a difference other than our schemes, so, you know, quite different than the scheme they ran last year. That's that's the difference. We're going to take a call from the phone. Brian Hamilton from Chicago Tribune. Brian? Yep. Hi, Charlie. How you doing? Brian, how's the family doing? We're doing okay. Got the three-year-old and the ten-month-old, so keep them busy. Thanks for asking. You wife pregnant yet? <laughs> you there? I'm here. I can hear that last one. Go ahead. Um, I had a couple questions about Dane. I'm sure it's kind of old news for some of the guys there, but I was hoping I could ask you about him a little bit. Um, I guess setting aside what you expected to get from him or hope to get from him on Saturdays, when you bring a guy like that in, what do you hope to get from him? What do you hope that he brings to your program Sunday through Friday? I think that that's where we've had the greatest benefit, and we've all had the greatest benefit of him being here. Now, you – you know him personally a lot better than these guys do, and you know the way he carries himself. And that was one thing that was definitely void here. You know, you didn't have that. You didn't have that guy that the team would just naturally look up to and follow. And uh, he's done an outstanding job in that role. And the other thing he's really done along those lines, Brian, is we have that. You know, this kid from BYU that's come in that can't play this year. And he's kind of mentored him too, where because and I think that that's gonna that's gonna have a huge benefit not only for this year's team but for the for years to come. I, I guess aside from from Jake, are there ways in which you see that that influence the way he carries himself come across? I mean, can you think about other examples of that? Well, I think the number one thing, and it's it's actually surprised me a little bit. It caught me a little bit off guard, but at the end of the spring. Um, before the coaches hit the road to go recruiting and then we got to the summertime deal I thought because I wanted to make sure that we didn't have a bunch of renegades on our team that were running the streets I thought it was important to go ahead and pick captains at that time because I thought I thought that they would have a better finger of the pulse of making sure guys stayed out of trouble and towed the line and did things the right way and I w really wasn't expecting – I expected him to get a little support, but I wasn't expecting the team to vote him a captain. And it just shows you how in such a short period of time, 
that the kid had come in here and wanted to won a team over as somebody that they looked at as both a leader and somebody they wanted to follow. I guess football-wise, I mean, he's been through so much with the injuries and in and out, basically, for, for three years. How far is he or how close is he to the guy that maybe you thought he could be when you were recruiting him? I think it's taken him a little time. I think he was a little shell shock in, in the very beginning because the first time the real hits started flying were the opening game. Because you know, in the springtime, you know, I'm not letting him get hit. Right. So the first time his knees are going to get hit, you know, he lost both of them. You know, he's had two knees, you know, so the first time he's going to get hit, you know, like this past week, he got hit in the mouth, you know, multiple times. And the fact that he's sore, he actually feels great. It's a, it, he feels good to be sore. Mm-hmm. You know, because now you're back to being a quarterback again, you know, because, you know, last week we threw it more than we've been throwing it the first couple of weeks. And we started throwing the ball down the field more than we threw it the first couple of weeks. And uh, he's, get, he's getting closer. He's getting closer to being back to what I was expecting. 